everyone, and welcome to another episode of Smells Like Business, a podcast for anyone who wants to learn more about the current and future state of cannabis in Europe. Every episode, we talk to different business owners and cannabis specialists, making it easier for you to enter and better understand the cannabis industry. Today, I'm happy to let you know that we have Craig, the CEO and founder of Extract Labs, as our guest. Extract Labs is a Colorado-based company which produces a wide range of CBD products from hemp at the highest quality. Being a combat veteran, Craig started the company with the aim and purpose of helping fellow veterans, as well as anyone else, with PTSD or other injuries, and giving them a safe and healthy alternative to conventional pharmaceutical treatment. So, welcome Craig, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks for asking. But yeah, so could you maybe tell us a bit about yourself and what you were doing before you actually started Extract Labs? Yeah, my name is Craig Henderson. I'm a previous military veteran, Army Infantry. Got out of the Army, went to college for a bachelor's and master's degree in mechanical engineering. While in college, uh, you know, I was never really a pot smoker or a weed smoker growing up. But while in college, after the military, you know, I started doing my research and learning the things that cannabis could help with. And it really just kind of, you know, I've got a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, looking at how useful cannabis was for people and my drive to want to start my own business. I really wanted to get in the cannabis industry somehow. So I ended up, you know, calling 50 or 100 people and sending resumes. And I ended up getting a job with Apex Supercritical, a CO2 extraction company, manufacturing company out of Ohio. Yeah. And weren't you also part of the sales team and also an instructor there as well? Yep. I spent three years doing uh, sales and just teaching people how to turn, at the time, marijuana into oils using CO2 extraction. Okay. So it looks like at Apex, you actually learned how to extract CBD from marijuana and also create oils. But then at university, that was actually your introduction into cannabis. So that's where it all sort of begun, I guess, right? That's correct. I was actually doing research to try to prove to my friend that he shouldn't be smoking pot. So I was trying to find some good data. And uh, every time I dug deeper and deeper, uh, you know, I proved myself wrong. So a bit of reverse psychology on yourself there, basically. Exactly. Yeah, that's so funny. And, and now, of course, you've got a, a business out of it. So a complete 180. Yeah. So yeah, university was your introduction. And then sort of what happened after that? That's how I got into cannabis. And then, you know, I, I grew a little bit in my house in Indiana and was selling it to a few people. And I, at the time, you know, back in 2008, 2009, e-cigs or, you know, nicotine vaporizers were becoming popular. Oh, yeah. And I thought to myself, like, you know, if somehow we can get cannabis into oil, you know, we don't really do a lot of vape stuff today. But at the time, I thought that would be a huge market. And at the time, CBD wasn't a thing. It was all marijuana. Right. Okay. And then what actually made you decide to start Extract Labs? While I was with Apex, you know, traveling the country and the world, teaching people, you know, I got a lot. I worked with startups every day. It was a guy with a dream, had this same dream I had, you know, years previous about taking marijuana, putting it into oil, and then putting it into products. So I was working with these startups, you know, every day, you know, probably two or three different startups a week. So I learned a lot about how to start a company, the regulations, and, you know, different processes, the refinement processes, the stuff we know today, you know, no one knew back in 2012, 2013, 2014. 
you know, so I was training on marijuana. I kept hearing about CBD being popular. People, there's a big demand for it, but there wasn't a lot of CBD in marijuana. Um, in 2014, people started growing hemp. And by 2015, 2016, people realized there was CBD in hemp. I don't think in 2014, people really knew there was CBD in hemp. So I kind of saw this opportunity of all these hemp farmers didn't know what to do with their crop. I knew there was a demand for CBD. I knew how to do extractions. I thought I could probably start a small extraction company. And it was a really simple business model when I first started. Okay, yeah, but it sounds like you learned a lot at Apex. So not only the about the CO2 extraction and, and all these processes, but also meeting all these different uh, entrepreneurs and startups. I mean, yeah, you must have must have really uh, gotten the wheels spinning in your head, <laughs> so to speak. Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And was it a difficult transition changing from being a military man to being an entrepreneur? Yeah, from military to entrepreneur was about, you know, eight, nine years. That's quite a long time. Yeah, so it was a long, long, slow transition. I'd say from having a job to being an entrepreneur was the hardest transition I've ever had in my life. I guess because uh, when you've got a, you know, a nine to five job, the structure is already there laid out for you, you know, and people are telling you what to do. Suddenly, if you're starting your own business, you know, you have to create your own structure and make your own decisions for yourself. Yeah. And you, you pay for your decisions. Every good decision you make, you're rewarded for it. But every single bad decision you make, or if you get lazy or lackadaisical or comfortable, mm-hmm. you pay dearly for it. And then once you start having employees, now every decision you make, you're not just affecting yourself, but you're affecting you know, 20, 30, 40 other people. Yeah, definitely. And I can also imagine your time in the military must have really helped you with uh, decision making and also running a team and being responsible for others. Do you think you've learned a lot during your time in the service that has helped you be a better entrepreneur and a better CEO? 100%. I don't think if I was ever in the service, I'd be as successful as I am today. The leadership skills in the army, especially the infantry, being in Iraq in 2004, 2005, the leadership skills are just immense. You know, it's a lot of training, you know, the whole time you're in. And I find myself running this company very much like, uh, you know, I led a team in the army. Yeah, I can imagine having that self-discipline and, and those leadership skills must really come in handy when running a team. And is it true that you actually started uh, Extract Labs in your garage? I did. Yeah, it was, you know, I didn't have when I decided to start this company. It was a real small business model. I thought if I could just extract hemp for farmers, charge them a service, give them their oil back. So I, I underestimated what, you know, this industry would be. So I started, you know, with just like $5,000 and some five gallon buckets and some real primitive equipment in my garage. And if, if it would have been enough to support me, you know, making $80,000 a year, $70,000 a year, I would have been happy. I just wanted a small thing in my garage and to quit working for other people. Yeah, I mean, I think I read somewhere on your blog that at the beginning, didn't you have to shovel snow in a bucket and keep your to keep your condenser coils cool? I mean, it sounds like you definitely um, had your hands full from the start. That's correct. Yeah, the Rotovap, you know, it's supposed to have a chiller to keep the condenser coils cool. Uh, luckily, it was winter time when I started. So I got a fish pump and then filled a big tote full of water and snow. And I just shovel snow in it all day long to keep it cool. And on warm days, I'd go to the grocery store and buy, you know, 20 pound bags of ice. It was, uh, it was quite miserable. 
I can I can imagine the operation must be quite different now, but uh, yeah. I, it sounds like there's a bit of a MacGyver in you as well, though. So uh, <laughs> just whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. So how did you actually produce CBD products out of your garage? I mean, you, like you said, you only had a few bits of equipment. That must have been quite tricky. Yeah. So there was it was it was horrible, and there was there was no products. It was just the CBD oil and learning how to make an oil and an isolate. You know, I'd put jars of pentane in my freezer in my kitchen which is extremely dangerous oh god i was just trying to figure it out and i figured if i could figure this out i could probably make enough money to maybe get a small building maybe hire one or two people and we could do this toll processing for farmers and you know we finally got to that point about six months later and then i realized farmers didn't want their oil farmers want to be farmers they want to sell you plant material so i was like well i need to find buyers for this oil found a few buyers but then i realized the real money was making products And so we decided to start making products, put a lot of energy into just making products that we really liked, you know, the two or three of us in the building that we would use every day and hope that people would buy it. And as soon as we did a few Instagram posts, you know, with a product, no label, just a Sharpie writing on it, what it was, people were asking to buy it. So we started shipping it with, you know, Sharpie marker marking what it was. And uh, it just kept building from there. Yeah, it feels like it grew quite quickly. Within six months, you already had a couple of employees. I mean, how did it actually grow from a one-man show working from his garage into a multi-million dollar company with, what is it, over 40 employees now? Mm Mm-hmm. And and all in the space of, what, a couple of years, no? Yep, we just hit our three-year mark not too long ago. It was just pure determination, you know, I wasn't ready to start a business when I did. I was, uh, I had a job at Apex. I kept talking about wanting to start a business. I was working my ass off at Apex, ended up working so hard that it uh, affected our marriage. So we filed for divorce. Oh, wow. The next okay. day, Apex fired me. Um, they were laying people off all at the beginning of December. So then the next day after that, I just decided I either work on my resume and get another engineering job or chase this dream that I've had for so many years. And then, uh, when I decided to start doing this, I just didn't want to fail. So it was, you know, 24 hours a day. I was, you know, 3 a.m., 3 in the morning, crying and screaming into my pillow. We have two kids also. So a divorce with two kids okay. and trying to start this company. I just, you know, it was horrible, but I also did not want to fail. So the reason we grew so fast is just never, never stop. You know, just work, work, work. Perseverance and determination. Yep. Um, and I also, you were saying that you realized that actually where the money was at was also in the products. Uh, and I also noticed it's stated on your website that you produce the purest and highest quality CBD products at the lowest price point. And I was about to ask how you do that, but I guess it's by keeping every step of the process in-house, right? That's exactly right. Even a lot of our competitors out there, a lot of people you see, we make their products for them. So we've really have just cut out a lot of the pricing. You know, we've got great relationships with farmers and then we try to do everything ourselves. We try not to outsource really anything. And then by keeping it in-house, you can have really strict control over quality. So when, you know, oil's done, it comes to my desk. If I don't like it, if it doesn't look right, if the COA is not right, we send it back. It's got to go. Exactly. Okay. So of course, keeping, like I said, every step of the production in-house, that enables you to have like I said, not only the purest and best quality, but also, yeah, if you're cutting out the middleman, that can definitely just bring down the prices as well. So, uh, yeah, that's that's great. And it must be nice having control from sort of A to Z as well, right? It is. You know, if I were to start today and I knew what it took to get here, I probably would not have done it. 
but I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that we did. And now that we've done it, it's like, okay, this is really awesome. It's put us in a position to be the company that we are today. Uh, if you knew how big the mountain was you had to climb, you might have thought twice, but... Uh, Ignorance was bliss. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, exactly, exactly. I bet you're happy now you climbed it. <laughs> For sure. So it sounds like you've had quite a few challenges to overcome. Could you mention maybe a couple of those? Were there any anything that really sticks out for you? The very beginning, just not knowing what I was doing, you know, not having a website, just trying to do everything myself. And then I assumed that hiring employees would be, you know, the hardest thing ever. And really, I got lucky. I got great employees. The reason we're so successful today is the passion from all of our employees. So once I started finding more like-minded people and passion, things really did get easier. So I'd say the beginning was just the toughest, just because I was doing everything myself and learning as I went, you know, and I've never, never ran a business before, never ran a business this big, especially. So things, you know, we have problems today. We still deal with struggles, you know, trying to figure out how to put a label on a bottle. I didn't know how to make a label, but you know, those problems now we keep having similar issues, you know, it's growing pains, but it'll never be, I don't think, I hope not. It'll never be as hard as it was in the very beginning very beginning yeah well i guess like it must have been just such a large learning curve and like you said something as simple as putting a label on a bottle you know you, th- you probably don't think anything of it until the moment comes where oh actually i have to do this and and figure out how it's done so yeah what are the what are the labeling requirements what are the nutrition facts what are you know where do i get a label made how do i apply it on a bottle just little simple things once you scratch beneath the surface you're like oh wow okay this little problem is actually quite a big one exactly and I also know that one of the main reasons you started this company was actually to help veterans with PTSD or any other injuries. Can you tell us a little bit about how important it has been for you to have a mission behind what you do and what role it has played in your success? For sure. Yeah. Like I had mentioned earlier, I wasn't much of a weed smoker ever. I, you know, when I did my research, I learned that it could help with a lot of things. So I started, you know, consuming. Um, it did help, but I also wasn't a person who lo- loved THC. There was days it was okay and there's days that it helped. But a lot of times THC for me really drives anxiety through the roof. So when I heard about CBD and I knew there was trace amounts of THC in it and other cannabinoids, I was like, wait, there's a solution that can actually help and you don't have to have the high. Not that the high is bad. A lot of people love getting high. I'm just not one of those people. And I assume there's probably people like me that wanted help but didn't enjoy the high. And uh, I didn't realize how many people there were. And even if you do want to get high, you might not always want to be high. Exactly. And you might still want to actually, you know, reap the benefits of, of what CBD can do or the other health applications of cannabis, you know. So, um, so yeah, and, and how important do you think it is actually to have a mission behind your company? Looking back, I realized it, it's extremely important. You know, we, we offer a, a lifetime veterans discount, a low income uh, discount, a healthcare worker discount, a teacher discount. I think really, you know, you think by discounting things 50% for lifetime that how, how can you possibly be profitable? But, you know, we try to help. We, we try to help, especially someone in need. It's not always about making money. And uh, at first that was just something we did. And then now to get the feedback that we've received, it's like, wow, this really is helping our business too. It was, we never gave free stuff away or gave discounts to people with the intention of profiting off of it, but it really does seem to help the business as a whole. 
Yeah, so it's almost been a byproduct of actually helping people. It's actually brought you business, which is great. And I think, I mean, that's probably a good message to sort of send out there as well, you know. So if you actually have a good ethos and a good meaning behind it, it can actually even pay off financially as well. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's really, really good. And do you feel your CBD products have helped these veterans? Definitely. You know, there's not as many veterans as there is other people. You know, veterans are usually pretty healthy people. Some suffer from, you know, PTSD, knee injuries, back injuries. I for sure think it helps them. And maybe they're just not as willing to tell us their story. The stories we hear the most of are people with like real sick children, epilepsy, pain. There's one instance I'm thinking of where this child had spinal surgery and these parents just you know, they they call in or they email you this, their story and it makes you cry. So those are the ones that stand out more in my mind, even though we are getting a lot of feedback from veterans, it's just not as much as we are from other people. Yeah. Yeah. I guess some people will be more, well, we'll share these, uh, their experiences more than others as well. So. Exactly. Yeah. So I know that you have also taught numerous large and successful companies across the US how to extract their own oil and formulate their own product lines. Are you not worried about losing customers and creating more competition? Or is it important to you to share your knowledge and make sure people enter the CBD industry in the best and and most responsible way possible? The way I kind of see that is if anyone's willing to do what I did to get where I'm at, I kind of want those people on my side. Yeah, I could teach, I could go out and teach a hundred people a day how to do extractions, how to make products. One and maybe 500 are going to have what it takes to really, you know, be a competitor of mine. And that one in 500 that's, you know, willing to be a competitor of mine, I hope I'm on good terms with that person because that's a good, strong person. Maybe we can partner on a few things in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned it before on a couple of my podcasts, but I feel like it's just, it makes so much more sense to make friends than enemies, you For know, sure. and yeah. collaborate in some shape or form. Exactly. Yeah. So I also know that uh, Extract Labs provides white labeling. Yep. For those of our listeners who don't know what white labeling is, could you just give us a brief explanation? Yeah. It's It goes back to what I was saying earlier. If I knew what white labeling was when I started this company, maybe I wouldn't have tried to do everything myself if I just wanted to start my own let's call it a body cream company, I can pay another company to formulate my recipe, put CBD in it, put my label on it, and then I can sell that product. And I don't have to do all the manufacturing formulations and production. I can you know, focus on sales, uh, website. So we do that for a lot of companies. Uh, we you know, make our same products or variations of it. If they have a special request, a different flavor, a, a, a secret ingredient, we um, do that for them. We make their products for them, put their labels on for them, ship for them. So that way they can focus on building their company and let us do the back end stuff like product formulations and manufacturing. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I feel like this is a good way of maybe getting into the industry or testing the waters, right? Yep. You know, someone at home might have a really awesome idea or a really awesome uh, special set of ingredients that they know works. They've got friends and family that swear by it. But maybe they don't have the ability to buy a building, buy the equipment, hire six employees. So they pay us to do it and then they can work on selling their product. Yeah. And sort of build build it up from there. Yeah. So what um what what actually what different products do you actually have? We have creams like body creams, muscle creams, uh, so topicals, um, tinctures, 
which is just uh, CBD oil mixed with a little bit of coconut oil as a carrier okay. uh, for people to ingest. Um, we do have vape products now. And then we have dabbable concentrates that are all CBD or broad spectrum CBD. Okay. What's that? What's broad spectrum CBD? So full spectrum CBD would be have trace amounts of THC. Broad spectrum CBD would have other cannabinoids along with CBD, just 0% THC. And then you have CBD isolate, which is just CBD. Okay. And the marijuana side, you know, dabs uh, were very popular when I was traveling around the country, places, California, Oregon, Washington, dabbable concentrates were really popular in the marijuana side. So when I started this company, that was one of the first products I created was a CBD dabbable product. Interesting. I mean, I've never heard of a CBD dab, actually. Were you the, um, was there anyone else doing it at the time? At the time, I don't think so. If there were, um, I didn't know about them. I kind of feel like we definitely started the CBD dab. Or if we didn't start it, we were there around the same time that someone else had started it. So you've got a quite large production line and a few different products actually to sell. Yes, yeah. Yes, and uh, well, we met at a CBD expo in London last year, which was a pleasure. Nice. But also, which, uh, yeah, it was really lovely. Um, But which also means you were doing business in Europe. Uh, So why did you decide to actually enter the European market? It kind of found us. We started shipping packages to London and then we picked up a couple big wholesale clients there. And so we just decided, you know, I think there's a lot of potential here. So we want to make sure we, we got to London for one to meet some of our wholesale customers and then to attend the trade show and hopefully pick up more wholesale customers. Okay. And has it been difficult? Was it difficult entering the European market or did it happen quite easily? It happened quite easily. Yeah. It sounds like it was quite natural, the whole process. It was. Shipping international is always a little bit of a pain. It's just each country is a little bit different. So we just have to, it's a learning curve, learning what each country needs, what they want, what documentation they want. It's it's tricky, but we're learning it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it from a few different people in the industry that it would be nice to have some sort of EU uh, standard, right? Or, or EU regulation. That would, that would I'm sure that would make a few people's lives just a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But And have you noticed any differences in the CBD market in Europe compared to, to North America? Yeah, they don't like, you know, I mentioned earlier, full spectrum, broad spectrum isolate. Most countries do not like the full spectrum or it's not allowed. They want 0% THC. We were all about the full spectrum products because we think that all the cannabinoids work best together. Yep. But if countries aren't going to allow them, we'll give them the next best thing. That's why we've got the broad spectrum products. And then some people, you know, just want CBD isolates. Of course, we make isolate products. Okay. So more of a general question for you. Being an American and seeing how everything sort of unraveled in in the US, how would you like to see the cannabis industry uh, enter Europe? I haven't really thought about it. I think it's moving along slowly, just like it was here. You know, I think we started moving on it a little sooner than Europe. So I think Europe is going to find what works best for Europe. You know, things are great here in the U.S. now, but five years ago or 10 years ago, you'd be arrested for what we're doing today. So it just takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And is there any lessons we could learn from you guys? <laughs> I don't know if I want to share them all. I mean, you need to push the limits. You know, when you first, the, the hardest part about starting, at least here in the U.S., was trying to find a bank. And then every other day you, you get these letters. You think the DEA is going to come shut you down. You hear that laws are changing and in three months you're not going to be able to have a business. And so all these like 
things that were happening my first two or three years, we always thought in three months we were going to be shut down. And I think a lot of people, they, that fear gets to them. There's like, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with this. I'll wait for this industry to change and then I'll get involved. I think being in it during the risky times helped us a lot. Like we just kept driving forward. Like when they want to shut us down, they'll shut us down. But until then, it's business as usual. And I think that really gave us a leg up on everyone. And of course, regulations keep on changing. So you are sort of, if you are trying to set up a business, you've got to be prepared to pivot, you know, or change your strategy. Exactly. Pivot quickly, very quickly, and always be ready for your bank account to get shut down. I've had three bank accounts shut down. All my personal bank accounts, personal credit cards have been shut down. Oh, wow. But you just got to try not to let it bother you. I mean, and, and keep moving forward. Yeah, just keep on persevering and, and be determined. I mean, it sounds like that's what you were, even if you need to cry into your pillow at night. <laughs> it's It works. <laughs> it works, yes, yes. Well, um, I have one last question, which I ask all my guests. If you could go back in time, is there anything you would do differently? I don't know. Yeah, even, I don't know. I tried taking partners early on to try to make things easier, and I'm thankful that that didn't work out. Maybe I would have just, if I could go back in time and knew what I knew today, maybe I wouldn't be so scared. I would know that just keep driving forward, keep driving forward. If this works, if people want it, you will get there. I think I was just terrified for so long. It'd be nice to to not be that terrified. So I really don't know. <laughs> I feel like the, the big thing to take from this is just self-belief and determination. Yeah, and not confuse that with overconfidence because I've had that happen to me before too, so... Yeah. Okay, great. And where can our listeners find out more about you and uh, Extract Labs? ExtractLabs.com um, or on our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube. There's a great video that's really popular on our YouTube. Kind of shows some inside looks, you know, behind the walls. Behind the scenes. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure to check that out as well. That's good. Well, thank you so much for having this chat with me, Craig. I've really enjoyed it and it's been very insightful. I hope you enjoyed it too. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's an honor being on here. <laughs> Great. Well, you take care, Craig. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Craig, the CEO and founder of Extract Labs as our guest. If you want to find out more about what they do and what products they have, make sure to visit their website at www.extractlabs.com. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and check out our website at www.smellslikebusiness.com. I've been your host, Tom. Have a green day, everybody. Business.